Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. The battle is for the stage victory. Toins, Ciccone, neck and neck. They've been battling all day. Steve Ciccone, this is Bardet being dropped, but the race is at the front. Is it Toins? Is it Ciccone? We look to the stage finish. It's Toins. He's broken him. He's waited for a long time. Finally gets his win. It's his first tour. It's his biggest career victory. And didn't he deserve it? He's conquered La Ponce de Balfi. And what a win it was for Dylan Turns. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start dissecting everything, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or schedule a ride with our friends at Zwift. Maka, what a stage. We always knew it was going to be an incredible stage. Look, I'm out of breath just watching it. Yeah, it was a fantastic stage, wasn't it? And um, look, it came down to that final climb. Um, I probably I would have loved to have seen fireworks before that, but we knew Ineos and these teams were going to take control. To kind of quick step, they were, they were really prepared to defend and Julian Alaphilippe, boy, oh boy, we didn't, you didn't know who was going to have yellow though, literally until they crossed the line. It was that tight in the end. And then the battle for the GC, the battle for the victory as well. Dylan Tones, he deserves a big win. Um, you know, I thought he, he, he's been a super rider. He's a, he's a real opportunist sort of rider, a breakaway specialist, but he's developing more than that with a mountaintop finish. Yeah, that's his 10th win on a, on a big stage. He's a young rider, uh, a good team Bahrain. We know that Bahrain were at the same hotel as us when we started this tour. Look, they, they, they've got to be happy with this performance because he just rolled away exactly when he needed to. He did, he did. And it was a real battle royale between uh, Ciccone and, and himself. And I thought Ciccone was going to get the better of him in that last 300. But we walked it, we saw it. It's 25% effectively that last 100 metres. So you can jump with 150 to go, but you know, at, because of the percent, 150 metres, it takes you almost 30 seconds to do that, that distance. And it just caught Ciccone out big time and times. He just looked that little bit stronger, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yellow, you said for Ciccone, that means yellow at Trek. For Richie Port, we're liking this. It's good. It's good, absolutely. I always say... Look, it's great for the morale, firstly. If we just talk about what we want for Richie Port here... Uh, Does that make him almost, in his head, the virtual yellow jersey on this race? Because he's the outright leader for, for Trek, let's not hide behind the facts. But does that mean from now on, they already have a little bit more control on that race? No, no, it doesn't. I'm jumping to the gun again. Like yeah. No, that's all right. Look, I'll let you off the hook, mate. It's okay. No, no, it doesn't. But look, it's a good, it's a good point you're making, a good question. What it, what it might mean, though, the negative of this is, if, I can, if there is one for Trek Segafredo or for Rich, I should say. What they don't want to do is suddenly be on the front now for the next couple of days trying to defend this small margin for Ciccone. Uh, the next day, flat stage, long flat stage. You know, you don't want to see Trek have to be on the front. They've got the yellow, they've got to be on the front at some point, but they don't want to burn a lot of matches because Richie needs all of his troops moving forward. So it's really great. It's great for the morale. It's great for Richie's morale and confidence, plus the fact that he had a good ride. Uh, the team's got the yellow. 
Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a big bonus for them. So, you know, all the staff will be up. It's not just the riders. The, the mechanics will be up. They'll be vigorously washing the bikes. The Swannies will be vigorously massaging the legs. You know, they need some joy as well, the whole staff, not just the riders. So it'll lift everyone. I think it's a really good thing in any team. But for Richie's benefit, they just don't want to cook up the team now. You know, Chikorni's short-term. It's great, but it's short-term leadership of this bike race. Enjoy it for a day or two. He's going to lose it eventually, and then they've got to refocus on Richie. Okay, so we understood that, uh, uh, of course, I, I'm taking a bit of a uh, somber voice now because Ala Philippe lost that yellow. <laughs> but by that margin, until the last, you know, you guys said 100 meters. I'd say until the last 10 meters, he was still in yellow. A bit of a brutal uh, blow for you, isn't it? Look, you know what? Credit, kudos to you, though, because I was adamant. You and I, I'm not sure if we were. Well, I think we did discuss it in yesterday's pod, and we chatted vigorously over dinner and, and in vigorous uh, disagreement. I really did believe Philippe would quite easily lose the yellow today. But in the end, there was actually a decent-sized group there, and it suited Alaphilippe. It didn't, they didn't absolutely smash it up the last three kilometres. So they were going hard, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't down to you know, eight or nine riders. It was still down to a group of 20 with a kilometre to go. So it suited Alaphilippe, and then the last kilometre suited him. But it still wasn't enough, was it? And that's what made this stage so exciting at the end. Yeah, and then when you look at the, the shape of the stage as well, you can almost conclude that he lost the stage not necessarily on the final line, but he lost it at the time bonus on the climb before because Gicone got eight seconds and he didn't. That's right. It was a special time bonus that they've implemented in this year's race. Um, and that's where Gicone got the yellow. So it's, no, it's been a great stage. And I think we're all happy because this is what we want. We want an exciting bike race. Uh, so, and there's a few other elements to it, though. Do you know what? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say, I think we're going to see Alaphilippe in yellow again on that tour. Just because he's six seconds behind, we have a flat stage again tomorrow. We'll talk about this. And we go into mid-range mountain where, just as out of Padash, he would just want to climb this one back again. He will. I agree. I agree. I think he will try and get it back. Uh, he'll have to get it back quickly, though, because the mountains, the real mountains are looming, and then and then the general classification guys take over, you know, for the rest of the tour. So, but I agree with you. He's that close. Uh, you know, the intermediate sprint, that, that'll be interesting, won't it? Uh, that, that intermediate sprint for the sprinters, but also for a guy like Julian Alaphilippe. And, and Deconic Quickstep, you know, how will they as a team approach it this Absolutely. Okay. Other battle, another more indication we got today, G over Bernal. Can we say, because we saw G, uh, so Garen Thomas, for people that don't know G, because uh, uh, we are in our bubble and people outside this bubble actually listen to this podcast, but Garen Thomas wearing the number one, so a winner of last year, just overtook Alaphilippe on the line. He finished really well, but what can we read on his performance over his teammate, Igor Bernal? Okay. Okay, here I am. I'm a little, I'm going, can I be a little bit smug just for a second? I said all along from the very beginning that before the tour started, Egan Bernardo was, could not win the tour. Okay, can I add something on this? Yes. I think you're absolutely right now, and I'll tell you my <laughs> analysis on it, and you correct me if I'm wrong. The first week of the tour, this is exactly when we would see Bernal attack, and the fact that G is putting the hammer down on the team right now in the first week, it means there's only one leader, and that leader is G, is Garen Thomas, and Igor Bernal is plan B. He's plan B, but he's still in the mix, all right? He's still in the mix. What Garen Thomas is very, very good at, this is how he won the Tour de France last year. He's not your 
absolute natural climber like Nato Quintana or these lighter sort of lighter body riders, you know, that, that just float up the mountains and those longer ones. But he's a powerful climber. He can go up the long climbs, we know that, but he's also very powerful and very powerful at the end and no one can match his power on those steeper slopes. He won, what did he win, two stages last year by just powering away in the last kilometre, like attacking, but no one could follow him. So that's what he's got and he's used it to his advantage here. Bernal maybe will be better on the longer climbs, maybe, but he's still only 22 years of age. So I still maintain he's, um, you know, he's so young and probably too young to win the race. And he's only, that's right, I need to correct myself, but he's, he's four seconds in the GC behind Geraint Thomas. So, But those four seconds can mean everything. Yeah, look, he's Garrett Thomas, gained about eight, nine seconds on that port, on that group that contained Richie Port, Egan Bernal, etc. So, look, it's a long, long way to go. And try, try, suddenly saying now, oh, this guy's going to be the leader, this guy's going to do that. As Richie Port said a few days back, and I think we got the interview in one of our podcasts, that third week in the Alps is a monstrous. And... If you haven't looked at it, folks, get online, have a look at the third week in the Alps. There's that many peaks over 2,000 metres. So this race has got a lot, we've got a lot of racing to go. We haven't even hit the big mountains yet. And look what this did today. So, you know, you can't, even with what Garrett Thomas did today, he could have one bad day in the Alps, one bad day, one bad mountain and lose the Tour de France. So there's a long way to go. You also mentioned yesterday in the podcast that uh, we won't see the person that wins the Tour de France today, but we will see, and I'm going to use the word because you didn't, but I'm, go I'm going to use the word loser. We're going to see the people that lose that Tour de France yeah. uh, today, quid of Romain Bardet. He did not look good today, and I don't think, and I'm going to revise, and, and I, again, that's my somber voice, it doesn't look like that he's got it this year. Agreed, agreed. Look, the, the, the cracks were there in the Criterium de Dauphiné pre-TDF, I thought. Now, okay, I think he finished ahead of Richie Port there, but Richie Port, we knew, was on the way back from illness and, you know, throughout the season, he's on the way back, whereas Roman Bardet hasn't really had any hiccups this year, so we expected him to be really good at the Dauphiné. French soil, build up to the Tour de France. He should have been primed, and he just didn't look great. And you're right, he wasn't good here. He And he can't time trial. He can't. He cannot time trial out of sight on a dark night. Sorry, Roman, but... That's the reality, and he knows that. So, you know, he's already he's already behind the eight ball. And now, a better voice for me, because Thibaut Pinot, on the contrary, looked the goods. He looked exactly what we were expecting from him. Yeah, he's great. And and again, I've been I've had him in my sights as a, as a real challenger to this year's race uh, from the from before the tour started. I think he was really good in the Criterium de Dauphiné. In contrast to Roman Bardet, he was attacking. It was you know it's the style of uh, Pino that we've that we've seen. But this is exactly what I mean. Is I'm not even looking at just Bardet on this result today. It's how they look, and what it, it's almost the look in their eyes. Bardet looked like he was struggling. Pino looked like he was in control. And the reality is, he was the only one that got onto Thomas's wheel pretty much as he crossed the line. So in that last steep 400 metre section, it was only Pino that could go with him. So he is, he, yeah, he's a danger man. He's a danger man as the race goes on. And as the race goes on, Christophe, you know, in all seriousness, as a Frenchman on French soil, can you imagine that the fans in France, if Pino is within striking distance of the yellow in the second and third week, Yeah, it's got to lift you. It's home ground advantage, isn't it? In football, we say it's the 12 men. Yeah, totally, totally. No, that's another... Uh, look, he's, he's, a, he's another big challenger. Nato Quintana was pretty good. I thought 
if anything, I mean, it's probably bad. We shouldn't think it, but I thought Quintana might have actually lost more time, but it, just because he hasn't been, been great. So he's up there, and at least Movistar sort of went to the front. Yeah, but I've got a question actually for Movistar. Valverde, what we saw from him today, does that mean he's got no GC hopes whatsoever because he rolled like a bull? Yeah, totally, totally. And so he shouldn't have. You know, it's time that he actually put the cue in the rack <laughs> as a general classement rider. Yeah, but you and me, we were talking actually as we were watching the race. It hasn't been a world champion winning a Tour de France with the rainbow jersey since Lemon 1990. You mentioned this and I didn't know I asked you, but it's, I mean, we want to see that rainbow jersey shine. So this is good. I love Valverde and stuff, but this is good to see that, that jersey at the front but not for GC. And you know what's quite funny about that? Greg LeMond, I think it was Greg LeMond said, and it's not Lemond, by the way, it's LeMond. Oh, it's Lemond. <laughs> Greg Lemond. <laughs> Greg Lemond. So you correct my English now? You correct my English now? Oh, pushing our friendship here, aren't I? Yeah. Um, he said, there, there was rumours going around that Valverde had lost five kilograms. Now, I think that's just rubbish. It's just all banter talk, you know. But he said if it's true, because Lamont always talks in sort of real science and uh, and mathematics, he said in theory he should win the Tour de France. He will win the Tour de France. So the last world champion in of that year to wear the jersey and then win the Tour de France was Lamont. He was saying Valverde will win, but no, nah, no, nah, he won't He won't win it at all. Uh, but it's, it's, look, it's great to see him back on the front of the peloton. Okay, uh, day six of this uh, Tour de France. First of all, we have to recap. This was a incredible stage, uh, incredible in all matter, but also we got up to this stage and let's remember that we couldn't drive up there. We couldn't. So we had to, and, and it's always been the case on this mountain because there's simply no room for press parking, you know, and there's, what, a few thousand journalists and reporters. So there's there's just no room. There's enough room for the compound. That's it. So we have to drive about 20 minutes down the mountain and we park on the, on the flat valley roads um, and then we have to get on a bus. Now, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Christoph here... I can't believe you're going to tell that story. Yeah, yeah. you cannot. You literally, this is a true story. It's not a word of lie. You literally drive every kilometre of the Tour de France because you're a terrible passenger. You literally go white as a ghost, don't you? Yeah, I mentioned it before. I cannot go in a taxi or in an Uber for more than a kilometre before turning a little bit paler. That was 16k up a mountain with switchbacks. So, and... and you, you made the rookie error. I thought you would have. I thought you would know better than this. You sat up the back of the bus. Yeah, because I'm with the cool dudes. <laughs> My cool dudes are not. How did you go? Seriously. Well, I looked a lot, a lot less cool at the end. <laughs> oh gee, I was, I was serious. Well, I was feeling for you, but I sent you a gif with the, you know, the, the little man vomiting. <laughs> It didn't help. It didn't help. <laughs> Saying all the best, all the best, brother, thinking of you. But And meanwhile, while, while you were doing that, you know what I've missed this year until today? Uh, and I must say, I, I claimed line on as I looked after our very hardworking editor, Mark Fallahay, and of course, our hardworking producer. We went for a stroll and there was no press room lunch. I have, we haven't, we've missed them all uh, this year. So we found a VIP one. You sn- don't tell me that. You, did yes. you sneak in? Yes, we did. I, I, I didn't necessarily mean to. Come, uh, you didn't want to. Well, what happened? We got to the entrance and the lady was there looking at us and she sort of looked and I just went, bonjour. And she looked back and went, bon, bonjour. Sort of looked at the pass. And you know when you just keep walking like you know what you're doing? She didn't question it. We walked in and we realised we were totally not meant to be there. 
And I just said, you know what, let's get in before they kick us out. I grabbed some uh, vegetable lasagna, grabbed some cheeses. We haven't had a glass of rosé, so we had a massive win today. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Do you know what? I'm going to call it early. You're super domestic of the day. Super me? Super? Yeah, okay. I, I, so, because I helped out the producer and our editor. No, because you're French, you went into something that you shouldn't be there. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I'm generally the one who looks super guilty. I'm terrible at that sort of stuff. I'm always the one who goes, oh, it wasn't me. You know, I, I, I put my hand up before I've even been caught out. And today I was just, I kept my calm, kept my composure. You know, it was like, it was like trying to ride GC. I just stayed there, waited for my moment, and then I was fine. Okay, so first time in six days, you're super domestic of the day. Well done. Are we allowed to award ourselves as a domestique of the day? I mean, I'm awarding it to you. That's fine. You're awarding it to me. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you very much. I mean, gee, there was some, I'm sure there were some riders out there that did a marvellous job today, but, you know. Ugh. Free Rosie, that wins every time. It's damn true. And I tell you what, in this beautiful fresh mountain air, the rosé just, it was nice and crisp. It went down just nicely. Nicely. Okay, let's talk about cycling again. Let's talk about this stage tomorrow. Uh, first of all, we know it's going to be a, a relatively flat stage, going to be a, a long one. There's, there's a couple of sprints on the, along the way. But before we go into the detail of that race, I want to ask you, what does it do to the body when you go to such a brutal stage like today, a brutal last 10K? but then you got a flat one after that. Is it actually a nice relief for the, for the riders that they're going to be able to stretch their legs a little bit? Uh, no, but by this stage of the tour, you know, what are we into day seven? It's actually just a relief. The, the body's moving, the body's ticking over. There'll be, a bit, there'll be some that'll be a bit sore and tender at the very beginning, and especially there'll be attacks at the start, for sure, and there'll be a, I'd imagine there'll be a breakaway, such a long stage. But the closer we get to the mountains, the sprinters' teams know this is their last sort of opportunity. So we can imagine that he would be quite tense, quite nippy because teams like Sodal Lotto, they know the number of potential wins are running out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, De Quick Quickstep, Elia Viviani. But I meant, I meant Sodal Lotto because we kept asking about Kadel Buwan. His number of chances to win his first stage on the Tour de France are running out. Oh, totally, totally. And, and they're aware of that. And they will back him in, and they should. They should back him in. That's That was their main goal here, to win a stage, and he is their best chance. So, no, th this stage, it's the last chance, really, for the sprinters now before the mountains to, to jag one. Um, so it's, there's a few dynamics to it, though. Firstly, it's a long stage. Secondly, you've got Julian Alaphilippe, just six seconds off the yellow. There's an intermediate sprint at 196 kilometres. Now, there's only three seconds for that. And then the finish line at 230. So it is a super long day. Uh, and then you've got a breakaway that will probably go away. So which sprinters' teams will control it? I think it'll be a combined effort. I think it'll be a combined effort of a few of the sprinters' teams just to not give them enough room. And, uh, you know, you might, want to, um, you might want to prepare a late dinner, Espanol style, I reckon. Have a late dinner. Uh, you know, sit up late because it's going to be a long one. What will Bora do? Can they actually fire up and, and break this control that the sprinting teams will have or they will just ride this one? No, they'll, Bora will be the beneficiaries because Sagan's, they've got a stage win with Sagan, of course. He's in the green, he's in a commanding position, he's extended his advantage. So they won't do a huge amount of chasing. They'll do enough, but they won't do a huge amount, I don't think. 
Um, they'll they'll be called on at some point. You know, the other sprinters' teams will get a bit upset and and angry at them if they don't. So they'll put one or two guys on there, but they won't they won't use up too many bickies. And you know, actually, on that, it's actually this could be really good for Trek Segafredo. This could be really really good for Trek Segafredo if they play their cards right. They can throw it out there to the sprinters' teams and go. You know what? We're in yellow for a day. We're happy. We're going to, if we lose it at the end of the day, no big deal. They, and they have the right to put the pressure on the sprinters teams, Trek Segafredo. So if I was team manager or director, head director sportive at Trek Segafredo, I'd say, boys, boys, calm down, calm your farm. You're not going to be on the front all day tomorrow. Don't panic because we're going to be forcing the hand of the sprinters teams, of Sudalotto, of Sunweb for Michael Matthews, of Bora Arnsgrower and of Decoinic Quickstep. Here we go. That's the tactics behind the stage that's happening tonight on SBS. Thank you, Maka, for the for this good analysis. Uh, before we go, I just want to mention the SBS Learn and Skoda First Gear event. Uh, it's happening in Sydney. It's on Saturday, the 13th of July. So please visit the uh, Cycling Central website for more information. You know, we said it a bit of time, but uh, putting kids on bikes is always a good move. It is a fantastic move. I'm, I'm, I love this stuff. It fills my heart with joy when there's initiatives like this. Uh, that's what they focus on because I think that's what our sport as a whole, and I'm talking, this is my little political stance now, but it is, our sport as a whole needs to focus on the grassroots. Calm down, calm down. It's the end of this podcast. <laughs> I've got mountain fever. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. You're running out of oxygen. <laughs> got to go, got to go. Thank you, Micah. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Remember that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or schedule rides with our friends at Zwift. Until the next episode, it's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.